I think that already this conversation is proving to be quite a meta one. <laughs> I think it's going to be that way because of the topics that I've got on my list of things to talk to you about. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Getting Better Acquainted. In this show, we cut between some extra footage from my conversation with Lily, which aired last Wednesday, and my conversation with Carl James, which aired the Wednesday before that. The reason that both of those conversations happened was that somebody asked somebody else for advice. Lily contacted me asking me for advice on a project and I suggested recording a Getting Better Acquainted episode and including an advice session as part of that episode. The episode ran far too long and so I've taken that part of the conversation and put it into this episode. With Carl James, I contacted him because he's a fantastic conversationalist, somebody who studies conversation and makes audio conversation amongst many other things and so I reached out to him. In the end that resulted in us having a getting better acquainted conversation quite a few months I think after we'd originally tried to set a date so although in these conversations I'm going to have a conversation with Carl on Wednesday it was actually a, a few months later and uh, a lot more conversations down the line I talked to Carl. In the Lily sections, we're talking about interviews. That's not normally a word I use for the conversations I have on Getting Better Acquainted. I call them conversations because that's what I feel most comfortable with. It's what I consider these things to be. But there is an element that's kind of interviewish and I was using her terms. She wanted to talk to me about interviews. So that's why I constantly refer to interviews. As the intro suggests, this episode is a very meta Getting Better Acquainted episode. It talks a lot about the process, about the conversations that I've had, the experiences I've had of the conversations, and it really tries to kind of get into how you go about having conversations. The things that I've learned, the things that Carl James can teach me, the things that Lily thinks about her project that she was interested in doing. Thanks for listening to me, Waffle. Enjoy the show. The thing that sparked off this interview is that you approached me with a slightly different intention of talking to me about the process of interviewing. Yeah. Because you've got a project. Yeah. And I said, let's record a conversation. Let's record an interview. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about interviews on that. Um, so what is your project? Because I don't even know this because I've kept this quiet till now. I, didn't, I don't like to yeah. rehearse. Um, now I'm going to have to do it now because well, it'll be on record and then if I don't do yeah, it... Yeah, well, that, well, you know, that's, that's true. <laughs> the idea of it came from where I'm working at the moment and I work in a dental school in the middle of Whitechapel just behind the Royal London Hospital. It's actually a really fascinating place because of the people who work there. So 
you have people there's just such a mix of people it's the school takes up one square block of a building with six floors each with a different focus on different aspects of that kind of work in that space you just have such a combination of people so in terms of their jobs you have clinicians administrators cleaners it techs academics phd students so you have a massive range of people and it's, it's more than in a lot of academic faculties because you have the the clinical aspect as well it's based in whitechapel in in east london which means that on the one hand you have all the kind of staff who tend to get pulled from a pool of local yeah. employees so people who do things like admin and cleaning and all of that kind of thing. So they've ended up there because they happen to live locally and they happen to have a skill or whatever that fits with that. And, of course, East London is culturally quite a diverse place. Definitely, yeah. And in particular, Whitechapel, which oh, I just I can't get over how fascinated I am by Whitechapel as an area because it's just got this history of lots of people from different cultures living alongside each other. And sometimes it causes trouble. So on the whole, like through most of the history, that's all been quite peaceable, which is an interesting thing to note and an interesting lesson to learn in a way. But then you also have, among the academic staff and the clinicians, you have people who've come from all over the world to work there as dentists or as researchers. And that's, that's really pretty amazing. Because, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, so you've got basically this one block in the middle of Whitechapel with just this enormous diversity of people and experiences. You start working in a place and you, have, you talk to people, you get to know them a bit, and you start to realise how diverse their life experiences are. And so I was thinking, wouldn't it be really interesting to do, do a kind of interview project? And I'm not quite sure how it would work. The, the, kind of I, the way it worked in my head is that you, I would interview people and then blog about it and kind of record each interview in the form of a blog and have a format with various questions and their responses and that kind of thing. But maybe it would be good to have something where you put out the recordings more like this. I, I'm not sure. It's not something I've ever done before. It's quite easy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just just really kind of getting us trying to take in the scope of people's life, the diversity of life experience there. Suppose I talk to someone who's 60 years old and working on the security desk or something yeah. like that. Family come from East London, been in East London for generations. That experience is fascinating yeah, because definitely. that person's been born to, into quite a different culture than one we have now. Absolutely. In some ways, it's almost as other as someone who's come from halfway across the world. Yeah, absolutely. Which is also the, interesting. The past you know. is a different country, as they say. Exactly. It's a very inspiring place because you have all these people with this diversity and um, it sounds quite twee, but everyone just rubs along together so well. And I... I really like that. It's it's just in a time when increasingly it, it seems sadly like a, there are a lot more tensions now than there even were. A lot of tensions between different cultures have research. There's been a resurgence for various reasons. You know, you see kind of things like the EDL in the papers and that kind of thing, and that's that's a very negative thing. And yet, you kind of see on this practic very practical level, this example of lots of cultures living together can work and mm -hmm. does work in a, in a lot of places around the world and around this country. And I think I think that's a really really positive message. And I, th I think part of the the object of this project would be to kind of really just show something positive. It, it's kind of quite a natural thing for yeah. people to just get on um, well it can be in the right circumstances exactly yeah. so yes that was a bit of a lengthy answer but no, that, that's, what, answer. that's the thinking behind the project that's what I'd quite like to do if I get a chance <laughs> that project that you just outlined sounds 
really amazing to me and it's got some of the things that I find is a restriction with this project mm. so because this is restricted to the people I know I yeah. don't get as diverse a group of people as mm. I might like I, I, I would like to be talking to people of all different ages of all different ethnicities of all mm. different class backgrounds and I will have a proportion of like a minority of the interviews will not necessarily be middle class or might be of a different ethnicity mm-hmm. from white or might be a, a different age from between 20 to 20 to 35, 40. That's the kind of general, everyone seems to be in that bracket and it's hard to get people outside that. Yeah. Your project has a lot of strengths that I wish this project had. Where it's, where your problem is, is the opposite sort of thing from what this project is. So I can get people on this show because mm. they know me. Yeah, they don't know you. We trust you. There's a level of trust that's already been over. People know me, they trust me. Mm. I've got a history, and people know, you know, what the kinds of projects I've done before and things like that. So they 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 know the kind of thing I might be aiming for, especially now the show's out there as well. Initially, you're going to be going to these people cold. They don't know you necessarily, and if they do know you, you are going to have to deal with, I would imagine, the the fact that you're a middle-class white person who's saying, I want to record you because you're interesting. Yeah. Now, that can make people feel like they're insects or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, under a magnifying glass, rather than the real reason, which is because everybody's story is interesting. Yeah. And that they have, they're just as important as anybody else. So yeah. that's something you'll have to sort of think about how to how to broach that yeah because the thing is yeah because if you go to I'm, I'm interested in as much I mean there's, there's a you know definitely a, a representation of the middle class white uh, fraternity yes <laughs> there as well and, and in many ways I'm as interested in that as part of the Absolutely. bigger picture there as well um, but you know obviously if you go to someone who is like that there's less of a you maybe have less of, them, less of an assumption for them that you want to. They're going to have less them. problem yeah. with the idea of being interviewed because it sounds they, potentially less insulting. Partly as well, it's because middle class white people think that they are worth talking to, yeah. and sometimes other people think they're not, or they think that why do you want to come as a tourist mm. into my culture or my, my 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 way of thinking about the world. But I mean, I think you can. That's easy to get round. Yeah. I think everybody wants to tell their story. That's something I've learned from doing this project. Is how many people do want to tell their story, uh, and a lot of people I thought would say no or would at least be harder to get on have yeah. said yes and, and and have done it. And so actually, I think people want to tell their story. I think the important thing is to establish a trust with them and I think also is to not not try and pretend that you're anything other than what you are yeah. so you know you, you you can't change the fact nor would you want to I'm sure that you're that you're a middle class white person who went to Cambridge mm. who wants to interview them so I mean I guess it's about being self-deprecating about that yeah. or being aware that you know being able to to sort of sense what they might that and that's the other thing I think that's the that's the the hard thing I've found and the interesting and the worthwhile thing about interviewing mm-hmm. is it's it's about empathy it's about developing right. empathy with the other person and if you can tune into where they're at yeah. then hopefully you can respond appropriately so if they're feeling threatened you can put them at ease mm-hmm. you know i think in this respect you, your current interests might hold you in a good position because mm-hmm. what i've discovered about interviewing people is that it is completely about being in the moment 
right and that's what, <laughs> what you're what you're doing in yoga I mean the, 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 the only time that I'm my mind is completely in the conversation that I'm having is when the microphone's on tragically yeah. I mean it's it, uh, interesting uh, partly it's because having these headphones on my head as I do now hmm. I hear your voice much more intensively into my head than I would if you were just talking in normal conversation and my yeah. own voice I can hear my own voice uh, as it is uh-huh. rather than uh, as I normally hear it which mm-hmm. most people don't like that experience I'm very used to it now so I, I'm less it's less awkward for me yeah. if you do do a recording of it I would definitely suggest having headphones on because I think it makes you a better interviewer okay, that's... Uh, it also means you can check the volume levels of the other person and you're aware of what else is happening in the mic so during this course of this interview I'm aware every time the wind is blowing on the microphone I just have to accept it Mm. but uh, I'm aware of it whereas you won't be aware of it so for me it's it's actually quite sonically noisy experience talking to you today whereas for you it will have been peaceful and quiet (laughs) and like I thought it would be when I came out here earlier on I was like oh it's a nice day this will be nice yeah This is a, a sort of extra conversation with Carl James about well about getting better acquainted mm-hmm. the project and you gave me some feedback mm. in a really long and well written and kind I thought which is rare in feedback yeah, and I don't yeah. I don't handle feedback very well sometimes as well okay, so okay. I'm getting better at it oh. um, so I was I was kind of going oh you know I'm, I was very appreciative of of the the kind way you phrased it. Did I ask you if you wanted it first? I can't remember. I think I, I asked. I, for did. It. I, I think, think I you asked. asked for it. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, and I, you were you were very much and this is what I always do as well, saying you know it's my opinion. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not do. It's you could do. You yeah. know, one of the things that you talked about, kind of your main criticism, I guess, mm-hmm. or critique or whatever, yeah. is that in the conversations that I do, I connect myself and others into a kind of universal Mm. and you know you really sort of said don't do that and I understood why you said that as well why did you say that why did I say that I think it comes from this uh, attachment I have to difference that I think there is Eddie Izzard does a beautiful sketch used to do a beautiful sketch about two people going out for dinner one of them says, what kind of music do you like? They go, well, I'm like, it's a, you know, like really into heavy, kind of raw, gothic metal kind of stuff. Oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm more sort of Sidney Bechet, kind of lax jazz, right, okay, okay. Kind of films you like, uh, oh, I love horror, love horror and science fiction, love science fiction. Okay, okay. I'm more into like subtitled French, you know, Iranian <laughs> documentaries about time. Right, okay, okay. Anyway, so it goes on. And eventually they go, um, do you like bread? And the other person goes, bread, I love bread. Bread, I love bread too. Isn't that amazing that we both love bread? Yeah. And on a first date, you're desperately seeking for something to have in common. And I think that we spend a lot of our time looking for things in common. You said earlier on you don't like small talk. No. And I think small talk is a lot about finding things in common. Oh, I've been to Spain, you know. And... I think that's all fine, and I think it's called, you know, it's called social glue, and social glue is important. You know, it's important to say hello and nothing else to the man in the street because one day you'll lose your cat or your child or he'll fall over in the street and you'll go and pick him up 
or he'll knock on your door and say, I found a cat, because you said hello to each other and nothing more. So I think it's really important. But when you are deliberately, consciously paying attention to dedicating time to having conversations, I think that the energy and the uh, the stuff, <laughs> the interesting stuff, is in the difference. And I think we're scared of difference. And generally, as a society, I don't think we handle it very well. I think we, we, we flatten it out. You know, we compress it. We, we screw around with it. And then it reacts. Then it erupts. And then even when it does erupt, we're too scared to say, but most of the kids writing were black. What the fuck is going on here? Or most of the people causing... You know, most of the people who are aggressive are men. What's going on? So it still comes out. So I would say, look at the difference, enjoy the difference, celebrate the difference, and actually look for it. So don't seek to go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I had an interesting experience that was a bit like that. Well, whoopee-doo. That's not... Understand their experience totally, totally... And then, if you want to flip it over and go, all right, I had an experience that's similar but different in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I do that, it it generally generally works out that way, though. I mean, when I say to to people, oh, that's like something that I've experienced, quite often they say, no, it isn't. Good. Um, okay, and, I'm glad and, they do and, that. And, yeah. and that's that's fair enough. So why do you do that? Because I, I think you you mentioned rapport earlier, yeah. which was something that we just experienced. That wasn't it, lovely and yeah. warm and great. And it didn't mean we were agreeing about everything. No, and well, often I'm not agreeing with the people I'm right, talking okay, to. Okay. I mean, often I I mean there are lots of times when I could have a big political or a, a big. Just yesterday, I recorded a conversation where the person was saying. Lots of things that I thought were valid and interesting, yeah. but that I didn't agree with. But yeah. I didn't challenge them on that because that's not the way that the conversations that I'm trying to have go. I did try to try to distance myself, I guess, try to have the difference yeah. be clear yeah. without knocking down their ability to to speak. Oh, and, and, well, and, and so I think okay, yeah. I, I think I am grappling around with this area myself, but I. I I guess whilst I agree with you on every like what you said about people don't look at race or mm. uh, gender or these things mm-hmm. in a in a in a sensible way mm. we're not all the same I, I agree we're not all the same mm. and I get very frustrated by songs like Imagine or mm. um, <laughs> or what's the other one All We Need Is A Great Big Melting Pot that one yeah, yeah. I, I mean don't get me wrong I'm not against mixed race people but I, 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 I don't think that the, 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 the goal of the world should be for us all to be the same mm. but I also think that we are we do all cry mm. we do all laugh mm. We do all experience fear. Mm. We have all got the capacity to become addicted to things. Yeah. We all have the capacity to um, hurt each other. Yeah. And those are the areas where I try to have empathy and understand and mm. get into my conversations from. Yeah. And that that does lead me to that universalizing, which I, I agree is a problem. I mean, mm. uh, I, I am aware of it and I try to... 
I, I try to I try to keep it in check, but it really it, it's something that it's it's natural and it's a f- perhaps a flaw in all my work that I am the kind of person who tries to make big generalized universal truths. Okay, like, okay. You know, but again, you see, it's a, it's a flaw and it's a strength because the payoff is that you create a shared sense of call it humanity in a very grand way or in a very practical way. You're just connecting with that person. You're just yeah. connecting, and there are huge benefits to that. And it's it's walking a wire, because you, those things are essential. And you, in a way, I used to say, and I don't say it anymore because I don't think it's true. I used to say, I'm here for you. And actually, that isn't true in in the conversations that I have because it sounds like I'm exclusively here for you. And actually, the truthful rendition of it is, I'm here for you as well as me, as you alluded to earlier. Now, for that to be an authentic meeting, then you have to be as much of you as you can be, and I have to be as much of me as I can be. And I think that why I consciously pay attention, probably, you know, a bit too much... But it's only because I think it's so rare. Yeah. I think it's so rare. No, you're right. And I, I mean, and it's definitely something I, I've tried to bring into what I've done since getting that those notes. Um, <laughs> and I mean, uh, unfortunately, I, I have a lot in the bank already. Yeah. So it takes a while for the yeah. notes to kind of yeah. become part of what I'm doing. Now this is a lifetime's work. It might. It might on. very well be. Yeah. A lot of my friends joke that I will never be off mic again, and it's possibly true I do worry or not worry but I'm interested to see what happens I'm going to be running and comparing a monthly show called Stand Up Tragedy check it out at www.standuptragedy.co.uk the first night will be happening on the 6th of February and tickets are available for that and for all the nights from the Leicester Square Theatre box office It's also going to be available as a podcast, so check it out on its SoundCloud page or have a search for it on iTunes and subscribe there. The live nights are going to be fantastic. I've got some really great acts booked. And we're not just having a live night, we're also going to be releasing a free weekly short form this time podcast of extracts from those shows. It's time to go. Because I knew that you were going to talk about interviews, I thought I would sort of tell you some of the things I've learned. Yeah, that would be really good. Particularly because I've been doing it very, like I was telling you earlier on, I've been doing this project very intensively and I've done, I think it's something like, it's it's over 50, I'm not very good at counting them, but it's over 50 interviews in the space of like four months. Mm. So it's been a steep learning curve and it's been very interesting. And I mean, the, the main thing, that I definitely was going to say to you was it's about being in the moment like always the most important thing like I've discovered the important thing is to have have eye contact with the other person I mean it's all the obvious stuff but you don't do it in conversation like most of us look around yeah, uh, and I'm really bad for it actually sometimes when I'm talking to people they look around because I'm looking beside their head rather than at their head and they feel yeah. like what's going on and they sort or of step or you can get when there are lots of other people walking around yeah. and you flick your eyes around exactly and so it's, 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 it's definitely about getting eye contact I think you can do a lot about preparation but what, however you prepare you need to be prepared to improvise and be in the moment and if a lead or an avenue presents itself 
you, you know you have to become in, tuned in to the other person mm. and it's quite an intensive experience I would say everybody I've interviewed I feel differently towards after I've interviewed them like I feel like I've really tuned into them yeah so I afterwards I sort of feel like I much much more sympathetic to them in all areas you know mm. um oh, how can I say this without offending anybody sometimes I have interviewed people who before I had the interview I thought well they're silly in that way or they're silly uh, in that yeah. way but after having the conversation with them I sort of feel like I understand more why why they are the way they are yeah uh, and I guess I'm learning that about myself as well mm. I think that's the other important thing that you, well, what I've learned, or the way I interview, is that I think that people give you better responses if you give something of yourself to them in return. So the way I interview, I, I, I'm actively trying to sort of, if someone lays down a, a hard experience and I've got something that's similar, then if I yeah. lay down that too, they feel like they're, they're not alone in it and they're not, you know, and it can, it can establish a dialogue that can be a lot more kind of equal and open and it, it, it then often inspires them to say something more yeah. with, without them feeling attacked without them because if you cross-examine someone oh that that, that can have it. a different and with yeah. your project you you're going to have to definitely avoid cross-examining them yeah. you might not want to give of yourself in the same way that I do because it's a different kind of project and I can see an argument for that. It's something that I think I will have to guard against that it hadn't occurred to me. Just something that I haven't had experience of, so mm, I, I don't exactly. know. So that's a really interesting thing to think about. Part of the inspiration behind this project is you go into work and you you say something to someone, you kind of put something, you give an opinion or you put something out there, you talk about something you've been doing or an experience you've had. And what interested me and what made me think, hey, everyone's experiences here are really interesting, is the way that they then reacted to that thing that I'd said. So I'd sort of talked about my weekend and there'd been certain elements to it. And people respond in different ways depending on who they are and what their experiences have been. And that's quite... It's quite an interesting dynamic, I suppose. Yeah, I, I would agree um, And I think, arguably, when you talk about people's... Well, people's identity, I suppose, it kind of reveals itself through small things. Yes. Often. Definitely. I, I, th um, I think that, that one of my rules for this podcast is that if somebody has something that they want to talk about, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter if it's trivial it doesn't matter if it's opinion it doesn't matter if it's life story it doesn't matter yeah. what it is because they will reveal themselves in the conversation so for example the week that this uh we're recording this <coughs> mm -hmm. the podcast that came out this week was my friend clive he wanted to talk about what is the point in anthropology because he's just been studying it huh, right yeah, and he's got some issues with it mm. but through that conversation he revealed a hell of a lot about himself yeah. Even though it was on paper, it would be a very high-minded intellectual conversation. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't. Didn't have intellectual elements to it. I don't, I don't want to sort of dismiss it as a conversation. But mm -hmm. he he revealed a lot more about him as a person, and maybe he doesn't even realise how much he revealed about himself as a person. And and that 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 that's that's you're right. The the small little ways that people respond to things can be very really yeah. revelatory. The other thing you have got to consider is how much you're going to edit. Because, you know, the podcast that I put out, mm. Getting Better Acquainted, they are edited. Yeah. They're not edited the same way that most things that you hear are edited. So they'll feel a lot more real. Mm -hmm. um, but 
ums, for example, are <laughs> often cut out or gaps in, in, in su- where people are looking for a word or where someone stumbles, normally me. But in terms of your conversation, mm. it would be completely valid, I think, for you to have a conversation where you might reveal things about yourself, but then only publish the stuff about that person. That's what journalists do. Mm. If you hear an interview on the radio, you know that they're incredibly edited, generally, mm. unless it's live radio. There was a, an episode of a American podcast called On The Media where they played what someone would have sounded like before their editing and mm-hmm. it was completely different. They were sort of showing the process behind mm-hmm. their normal shows, you know, and it was quite, it was really interesting. Uh, <laughs> and, but, but in terms of your conversation, mm. it would be comp- completely valid, I think, for you to have a... Uh, a conversation where you might reveal things about yourself but then only publish the stuff about that person because yeah. you know you can use you know you can it's a, that's how I mean that's what journalists do and mm. um, that's how what, what, what you, if you hear an interview on the radio you know that they're incredibly edited generally mm. unless it's live radio um, and so you'll you'll be sort of you'll have those kind of decisions to make like yeah. the way I release this is I'm deliberately trying to make it real, trying to leave in the things that make a conversation real. Yeah, that's what that's it's all project. about. Yeah. But but your project is, it seems to me, it has a slightly different, well, very different focus, which is portraits of people. Well, I guess this is portraits of people, but 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 yours is a kind of, it's got a more sociological aim to it. It's got a more kind of yeah. finding out people's kind of... It's, it's, it's oral history. Now, I think of this as an oral history project, but it's not just an oral history project. There's other yeah. factors, whereas your, yours just definitely seems to have a, a lot of value in, in this kind of oral history tradition. But because of that, people might be more familiar with the idea of it as well. Mm-hmm. I think people will... If you, know, if you say, well, I'm recording this for history people are going to be more likely to be interested in... Oh, that's true, a kind of higher cause yeah. almost. Well, but... it also because people want to sort of feel that they exist within history. My, my, my dad, he made documentaries for the coal board uh, back in the day. Yeah. And in the last sort of five years, the BFI came to look at documentaries made yeah. by the coal board and suddenly, you know, there was a chapter written about him in a book and he was asked to... To, to give talks and stuff about what he'd done yeah. and he was really happy because I think he thought history was going to forget what he'd done and I think a lot of people have that that urge to they did this significant thing they want they want it to be remembered they want somebody else to, to have seen it and so yeah, that's, that's that might be a way of yeah. that might be a way of hooking people in, in into the into the concept I mean one of the things like I was saying to you earlier on is that I've learned is don't rehearse the conversations in advance uh-huh. I guess it depends how you're going to do the interviews if you're going to record them definitely don't rehearse them yeah. I guess if you're writing them then you have a little bit more to play with like you can write down quickly what anyone says in a in a pre-interview conversation mm-hmm. you can write that down and yeah. ask if you can use it because that's the other thing you will need to think about getting people to sign off on it look at the legal yeah. issues around it no that's one thing I was thinking would be quite a lot of work I mean, I've just got, like, the, the form that you signed, I don't know how legal that is, <laughs> but I think it's sort of, it's a bit of protection, and it's a yeah. bit of, it means that you knew when you were signing that form the kind of approach I would have to cutting, you knew, you, you, you get from that that if you don't want to talk about something, we won't. Yeah. That's very important. 
and a lot of journalists and people who do this kind of project they don't like I don't know how they do it but they don't care like they, they, you they know, don't bother well they well they no if they get you on record then they're allowed to use you I think mm-hmm. like they will delib like if if they're interviewing a famous person and the mm-hmm. famous person reveals something they don't want to reveal yeah there's no way anyone's going to cut that out unless there's some money behind it I guess unless they're they're, yeah. they're forced to whereas if you revealed something you didn't want to reveal because it's a personal thing I definitely would cut it out and it's, yeah. it's part of the agreement before going in so you do need to think about the contract that you're establishing with the person who's on your on your on your in your involved in your interview it might like you say it might not be a, a recording I'm, I'm going through the different headings. Yeah, yeah, So you, you talked about disclosing. Yeah. And I think that's something that you, you said, I do I do quite well. You do, yeah. And I think that's that's definitely something I've learned, is that if you want people to tell you things, you have to be prepared to give them things. Yes. Preparation, though, that, mm. that interests me a lot, because I don't think I prepare very well for this in the terms that you talked about in the, in your feedback to me, mm-hmm. in that I don't think I clear my head. Mm-hmm. And I wish I did. I've had some conversations where I'm... For example, I recorded a conversation with my older sister, yeah. and as she does, she jilted things around at the last minute so it was, a, okay. it, was it was an hour earlier than I expected right, right. Okay. and I wasn't ex- I was hadn't hadn't yeah. and, and so I went into it and I I felt like I wasn't really there mm-hmm. for that conversation mm-hmm. because things had changed yeah. and I hadn't done any prep so if I go if I go into it if I go into it normally I go into the conversations and I, my, my mind is in the right place but I don't know how to prepare it to be in the right place if mm-hmm. it's not in the right place mm-hmm. how how do you do that really good question so if you do your proper prep you know and beforehand make sure you haven't got a meeting just before and all that kind of stuff of course life walks in so it'll rain or it'll be windy or there'll be air conditioning or something will go wrong and you have to move where you are those things happen but I think there are two things first of all even when those things happen because you have settled yourself a little bit you can accommodate those shifts that come either from the other person or from the environment. So you're, you're just not blown off course quite so violently. That's the first thing. Second thing is, and I am learning to do this, is to trust that you can actually do it in the conversation too. Yeah. And so here's where disclosing is very, very useful. If you say, so, you know, slang for disclosing is saying what's on your mind or putting your background into the foreground, if you say to somebody, "I'm not," re- feels like I'm not quite ready for this conversation. I, my, my mind isn't settled yet, so it might take me a few minutes just to to tune in with you. You've done two really important things, as you said. First of all, you've done what you want them to do, but the second thing is you can now do whatever you're going to do together, and that's the qualitative difference between, for me, a good conversation and a, a, an interview is that you do it together. And because you say what's really happening to you, 
I can work with you on that. I can say, well, you know what? I really need a fag. Why don't I just go and have a cigarette? You just sit here for five minutes and then we'll start. Yeah, I guess that's, that's probably what I should have done. Although there is also this problem I have with my project is that I have personal connections to people that are often the things that, that make it hard. Are the interference. It's very hard to have a co-created conversation with somebody who knew you when you were a child. So in the way that they interact with you, they're always going to be, it's always going to be that you are kind of not necessarily the same status. Okay. So again, I would say, put put that exact problem in the mix. Yeah, I should have The greatest note I ever got as an actor was make it the character's problem. Right? And it's a bit of a cliche. The door won't open. Make it the character's problem. Yeah. Don't come fucking moaning to stage management. How interesting. Hamlet can't open the door, right? So, how <laughs> yeah, great. What could we learn about Hamlet? Help them by making it their problem too. And so, you know, I've got my 10 skills conversation. I've also got my five ins and outs, which are like the principles. One of the principles is equality. And you can have equality between, you know, a 70-year-old and a 13-year-old, so long as the 70-year-old goes. I don't know very much about internet gaming. Yeah. So take me through it slowly, okay? Because even though I know a lot more than you about how a car works, I really, I don't even work a computer. So forget how old I am. I'm going to really listen to you. Yeah. And what's harder as the 13-year-old is to say, you know a lot more about me than a lot of other things, Granddad. But you're going to have to, just for a few minutes, okay, put yourself in the student's shoes and let me be the teacher but then here comes the killer question which makes it or breaks it is that okay with you (laughs) that's the thing if you create the joint contract somehow at the beginning about what the frame is and it is a contract I see it in that way yeah that's how I think about well I think about art all art like that like when I when because I theorize a lot more about writing and or music and, and that's how yeah, I yeah. see it it's the contract between the artist and the audience okay. is, where, is where the art happens very nice and, and you, you're right it's the same in conversation I'd not, yeah. not used that word yeah. it's an interesting word to it use it is an interesting word to use that, by the way yes. you've got a whole load of stuff going against you when you're the one who brings the microphone and you're the one with the headphones and you're the one with everything else and once I tried having an assistant come in who wore the headphones set up the mic and I just went and had a coffee and a cigarette with this guy before and we chatted outside while David was sorting it all out and we went here and we sat down. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be, but it was brilliant. Because I, I spend a lot of time... So when I go and do interviews, I make sure I set up all my technical stuff before so the moment that person walks in the room, I'm not, you know, cabling the doing all that stuff. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter at all. But, but there's something about... The equality of a conversation, I think, is really, really important. No, that's 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 absolutely really valuable things to be to say mm. to me. Have you been enjoying listening to these free podcasts? I've been really enjoying making them. I'm not asking you for money for myself. I don't want to be paid for making these, but I do want to do some more things with this show and also with Stand Up Tragedy. If you want to help me to do this, I'd be really grateful because I can't do it on my own. I need a little bit of help. So please give what you can. Go along to the Indiegogo campaign. Type into your browser bit.ly forward slash GBA and S 
you to. It'll be great if I can hit my target. It'll be great if I even get somewhere towards that target. With the money, what I'm gonna do is pay the performers who'll be performing at Stand Up Tragedy and go on some more GBA road trips back to places where I have no real access to. And I'll be interviewing some more people there, remembering those places, and taking some of your favorite guests along for the ride with me. Your project, if it's not an audio project, it still definitely has a lot of value. And in fact, that might actually mean that some people would be more likely to get involved in it rather than less. It, it, because some people are, don't want to necessarily hear their voice back. But then, of course, audio is more immediate. It gives you a lot more clues on it, who the person is. You've got their voice. For example, I imagine there'll be loads of lovely accents mm. in, in, in the building that you've got. There'll be lots of really nice use of language that might look on paper uh-huh. unexciting. A bit flat. But, yeah. yeah, but might, but might in, in audio form be really, really excellent. You've got issues with either one because mm. writing can put some people off if someone's illiterate or they're not very comfortable with writing uh the idea that they're they'll become part of a kind of academic world if they're if they're summed up as writing i mean yeah. i'm not saying that everyone thinks in as uh, as as pretentiously as i do but they, they, they may <laughs> they may they may have these kind of emotions in in a more straightforward way you have to give them something that they can relate to in yourself so if you don't like my approach is to be very open mm. and that, that, that creates openness in response but the other alternative you've got is is positioning yourself as a kind of more authoritative figure and people know how to respond to that as well but you do have to sort of make a decision about how you're going to interview them the kind of person you want to be the kind of interviews you want to get from what you do that's that's interesting because I guess in a way even when you sort of know well deciding what you want from it then governs the the way you come across because what you put in is gonna oh yeah Con- content always d- d- dictates form it, it, mm. and form I, I, well I, they they must they the, the best work I, in my opinion mm. getting all again pretentious and arty mm. has to relate very very strongly between content and form so you know the best work. It's inseparable there, and 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 with this, it's it's definitely going to be a case of the content you want determines the form, and if you, or if you choose a, if you want a particular form, that will change the content you can get. So yeah. you really you need to think about both both sides of that. I I would suggest, and also I think one of the things that I do uh, or have done in, as research for this project that I'm doing is I've listened to a lot of interviews. I've read a lot of interviews. Yeah. I've um, I, I saw a a talk given by a guy called Carl James who does a project called the Dialogue Project. So navigating a conversation, we kind of did that a little bit in your in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, had. you did it nicely a couple of times. Good navigating. I try to sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, it really is hard. I mean, so navigating is about being aware of where you're at in the conversation and commenting on it and getting it back to, yeah. to the place. And sometimes your mind does wonder. Certainly, the conversations that I've done under the influence of alcohol <laughs> it makes it very much harder to, to, to navigate yeah, anything. It doesn't, I don't know what time it is. Yeah, literally <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah. 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 But but by the way, that the 
with those 10 skills that I use that, you know, I mean, I haven't written them on the back of a fag packet, you know, I looked at people who've been studying this yeah. for a long time and put them together in nice, easy language, but it's the way they work together. So you need to disclose in order to navigate. So you can say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably a bit distracted just because I'm really conscious that we've only got five minutes left and we haven't talked about five things. Yeah. And again... That's kind of how it, I am at the moment, yeah. Right, absolutely, <laughs> right? That's super cool. It's brilliant to do it. But so long as the next thing you say is, what shall we do about that? Okay. Where you stay in a kind of BBC interviewer mode. To go, so if you don't mind, I won't ask you about your Walt Disney film, I'll just ask you about your work with Johnny Depp. Right? But if the question is, what shall we do about that? Yeah. It keeps it collective. So... And in the spirit of that, the next thing you sort of heading that you had was probing, yeah. probing people, and you were talking about getting under people's skin in that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that I've I've consciously decided. It's not that I won't probe people, mm. I won't challenge people. I do challenge people, and mm. I think I'm I do probe people, but I have to have a kind of instinctual line about how far I'll go with it. Mm. Um, because of the nature of the safe space that I want to create, how would you probe in a safe and keep? Main, how do you probe and maintain a, a safe space? Well, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's, it's this is where the skills work together. So if you say I'm a little, I'm a little bit nervous asking this question in case this is going to push you too far, but I'm going to say it anyway and remind you that you don't have to answer anything you don't want uh, to. Okay, I think I do that. Why did you do instinctually, that? Instinctually, but I don't think I've noted myself doing it. That's yeah. interesting. But this is the thing, and, a, and, a, and you do a lot of things. Listen, you wouldn't be doing this unless you had an intuitive skill at it and doing, doing it so well. You do a lot of things instinctively. But, like, do you know that? Do you know that? Is it an NLP thing when you're unconsciously incompetent and conscious incompetence? Yeah, conscious absolutely. competence, incon- unconscious competence. So you are unconsciously competent right. at a lot of great dialogue skills. If you become consciously competent of them, you can do them when they're threatened. That's ah, the difference. Okay. I think that's the difference. Okay. So if someone, and they can be threatened by someone being upset, they can be threatened by a lack of time, they can be yeah. threatened by your own feelings. Yeah. But if you disclose enough to say, there's a question I really want to ask you, but it feels to me like it might be a bit on the edge of too personal. Yeah. Then... Why did you sleep with him? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't have to answer that question, remember. But it's what's going on in my head. Right. I get, and I guess in my context, I can even say, we can cut this entire question if you're comfortable with it. <sighs> yeah, but I'd oh, have a fight with you about that, though, because in a sense, that is saying... That's saying something else. What is that saying? That's saying... You should be worried about this. That's what <laughs> yeah, it's saying. Well, and then they're more likely to say, yeah, cut it. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. I just say that after the conversation. Yeah, or that's before, right. or, or before, before date. That's yeah. the thing. So, that's why but I, if yeah. you say it before, it's shared. They know that, you know that. Yeah. So you're stepping together into the Well, I question. do. I mean, they, they, all, they all have it in the sheet that they yeah. sign, but they don't necessarily take that in. But, yeah, absolutely. And don't underestimate how people forget things. Oh, absolutely. I'm so tired of this waiting around. We're not talking, we're just making sound. This conversation is getting me down. Everything's got to last. I don't remember where this all began. 
his talk he sort of talked about not being afraid of silences because sometimes if you ask a really in deep question and it hasn't really happened in in the conversation we've been having mm-hmm. but in some of the conversations I've done people have been talking about some very big experiences for them yeah. or even I've been talking about big experiences for me mm. and it's allowing the silence to hang and the person to get their own word it's, it, well it's a it's a judgment you know you start to feel a, an instinct for it so I hope that I'm starting to get an instinct for when someone needs me to chip in with so a, rescue them yeah, almost and, yeah. or when they need that, that that extra moment to come up with what they've got to say and if, if it's an audio thing the silences don't matter because you can edit them out yeah and if it's a written thing then silences don't matter because you don't less, show yeah. yeah so I mean you know you really it, it, if someone needs that extra moment to come up with the phrase it's often the best thing they say like the best possible thing they could say and if you've yeah. gone in too soon and that's what kind of listening to him taught me I guess uh, what was his name Carl James, Carl James the yeah. dialogue project I can I can send you a link and uh, there's a there's a a conversation podcast called uh, WTF with Mark <laughs> Marin yeah. uh, he's a comedian and he talks to famous people okay but he's the one, he's one of the, the people I based this podcast on. Some people, he starts his shows with monologues about his life. Some people don't like them. I do, but I do. If you find that you're listening to it and you don't like that bit, fast forward to the actual conversation. Uh-huh. I would suggest. And he sort of listening to the way that he gets responses is is very much how I get responses. Mm. So he's not afraid to have a personal relationship with the person. Right, so he, yeah. the people he gets on are people he knows in some way, and he he'll address that and then because he addresses that it can actually have sort of these you know moments where like you're saying uh, earlier on about showing positives rather than negatives because he addresses his own problems with those people you know uh-huh. sometimes there can be quite healing moments I guess yeah. to, but I think what he taught me in terms of interviewing is that you're, you're two human beings and you have to address that in some way so whether you choose to be personal or whether you choose to have a different kind of relationship uh-huh. with the, the person you're talking to, it's a relationship that you're having with that person, particularly because it, 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 you're just, it's just you two there. Mm. So it's an intimacy that you don't normally have with people who aren't your closest friends. Yeah, it's that kind of experience. Well, I guess that kind of experience sometimes it happens when you just end up talking to someone out of the blue, like at a party yeah, or something party. you don't know well. Mm. It's often at a party because you're a bit more relaxed. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and you just have a two-hour conversation or something, and you feel really bad because you're ignoring all your friends. But it's just sometimes the most interesting conversation and the most profound thing. I mean, profound's a horrible word, but y- you know, um, it's just. Really, really revealing and you find yourself sharing stuff with them that it's not so much you don't want to share with people it's more that you don't normally imagine anyone would be interested in hearing yeah no definitely so yeah I can relate very much to that format that you're talking about and so I mean and, and that that's something that, that you will need to think about as an interviewer the kind of relationship you want to establish and how you go about first of all creating that that atmosphere mm. and secondly protecting yourself if you want to be protected how you do that yeah i mean if you're going into an intimate conversation you know like when people talk 
people have talked to me about some quite emotional issues during this project and I've talked to people about some quite emotional issues for me and there's fallout from that in your life sure so after I've had a very intense conversation mm. that can affect my mood for the rest of the week in quite an intense way sometimes yeah. hopefully now I'm in a phase where I'm in a very happy mood for the time <laughs> because of good fallout from yeah. some of the conversations but that's something that you need to consider you know you're going into a situation where however especially if you're someone like you say who thinks a lot yeah. and overthinks things a lot you are putting yourself potentially in harm's way I guess so you do need to consider that that's why I think sometimes people do choose to be quite authoritative rather than open because, and you know yeah. but I think there's value in both and I I mean I actually think that personally I think the way that Mark Marin does his interviews or the way I do my interviews mm. is a it's probably a very valuable thing for him as a person and me as a person because you know if you do put yourself on the line then you actually have some much more amazing places you can get to I think I think people are more willing to open up to you aren't they and I, I guess I would like to be able to ask things which potentially could be quite difficult things to ask people if you're taking the authoritative well they're difficult anyway but if you, especially if you're coming from an authoritative stance there are some things you just can't imagine people revealing to you or, th or yeah. being able to ask especially if there's someone you didn't know beforehand so I suppose in a way it would be nicer to try and take the slightly more vulnerable, riskier yeah. approach. Um, it's a bit like part of the reason that I've not travelled as much as I might have done, partly economic, but to be honest, you don't really need a lot of money to go places now. Part of the reason is that I really like to go and get involved with a place, and I find it quite difficult to... I've had some nice times visiting places for a few days, but I much prefer to spend a period of time there where you invest a lot in yeah. it and you're investing a lot in that experience of putting yourself out there and, and you are vulnerable when you're new in a different place and when you know that you're not just going to kind of shoot out of town in a week or two you're putting a lot more of yourself into that experience but True. you always get so much more back yeah. from and in a way people are, are like that you if you really open up more it's a bit of a funny metaphor um, but if you really open up more and, and put yourself fully into that that relationship I think that's more perhaps more rewarding and yeah. more rewarding for other people to listen or to read about and also but I mean also the other, the other side of it is that your subjects will sometimes have fallout as well from the conversations mm. I mean it, it, it's a duty of care I think as well to a certain extent of trying yeah. to make sure that like there's been a couple of interviews where people have cried and stuff like that and it's trying to make sure that by the end of the interview I'm bringing it back to a safe place like if we're going to go to dark areas that's fine but I have to I have to, I have a responsibility in that conversation and you would have like for example if you're interviewing people from lots of different ethnicities they might be from from places where war has happened yeah. they might be very complicated <coughs> places mm -hmm. that might come up and it's valuable to get those experiences it is mm. valuable i yeah. think for everybody for them for for the for the society in general mm -hmm. but it's it's it really is about about a kind of a, i guess a duty of care within that i mean i've not gone to those kind of dark places uh thankfully in mm. my conversations but i've been to some quite dark, dark places occasionally and, and it is definitely something you need to you need to consider and you know i'm quite an evangelist for this open approach it, it kind of flows out of everything I've done before it's kind of a natural progression in my my work as an artist but, I mean I don't think that's the only option and I think that you you need to sort of think about how it's going to fit with the people that you interview and part yeah. of it you won't know until you start 
you know you won't know 100% you can do as much preparation as you like mm. but you, you don't know what it's going to be like until you start I've certainly what I expected this project to be and what it is are different I'm glad it's grown into what it's grown into I, I think I wouldn't have been as satisfied with how I thought it was going to work out That that's something that you, you, you have to also be prepared for is that, that when you jump into the project you don't know where you're going to end up growing legs yeah so checking is checking what's what's happening and checking the, the nature of the conversation and I guess I do do that a lot probably I mean that's something I do you no, think I don't okay no I don't think you do because I don't and I don't think anybody does okay I think you do check the nature of the conversation what you didn't do a single time I don't think in our conversation and it doesn't make you a bad person just makes no. you one of everybody else of all of us we don't check that we've understood what somebody's meant we just don't we're so happy to go yeah yeah I know what you mean I mean it's like that isn't it it's like, hang on a minute. So, so really, then for you, it was, it wasn't so much the events of September the 11th that changed the way you look at what you do working-wise. It was that speech by Bill Clinton, was it? No, I could do one of two. If you check with me, I could do one of two things. I can either go, fuck yes, that's absolutely it. That's absolutely it. And the next thing I do is I tell you a whole load more because yeah. you get me. Okay. Right, you get me. There was a great episode of Curb the other day when he just said to his friend as he's going out with a girl, he says, she just gets me, she gets me. It's like the highest thing we go. And so you're, you can, I can either go, he's got me, and I'll yeah. tell him more. Or I can go, no, it wasn't the Bill Clinton thing more than September 11th. It was how, it was what the two of them were together. It's interesting. I think when, in, in that case, the kind of checking that I tend to do, when I do that in conversations, it's tragically, it's, if someone's talking about something their area of expertise yeah. that I don't understand in yeah. any way then I always say do you mean this Absolutely. and I do repeat it back but I never do it about the emotional things and you're, you're right I probably should and That's when did a really you become a fucking expert on their emotions but we all think we are yeah, you see. Abso- oh, yeah absolutely. Right? we all think we know love fear death grief right? and that's my main yeah and that's that kind of feeds back to what you were saying earlier about the, about the universe I think, I mean, the, the other way to get something from, from the people that you're talking to is to get them to, to talk kind of about things that they care about. Like, you don't get good conversation from talking to people about things they're not interested in. Sure. People are always interested in themselves, though. And so <laughs> you're, 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 you're in a, a lucky position of, of that being the basis, in a way, of your project. Mm. So people's life stories, people are always really give good 
a sound bites, I guess, if they're, <laughs> if they're talking about them, them themselves. Although, you know, one thing that I, I, I think is true with this project is that some people I know aren't comfortable talking about themselves. And so actually with those people, you have to talk around like, about something that's removed from themselves. Mm-hmm. But that won't be as useful for your project because it, although it reveals, it doesn't reveal the kind of consistent kind of stories you're going for. It's not that you? personal, yeah. that kind of co- collection of personal histories, I suppose. So I think is... before you go in, you need to sound them out to find out if they're going to fit with what you want to get from them. Yeah. They need to go in knowing what they what to expect, and you need to go in knowing what what you what to expect yourself. So, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I talk to people, one of the reasons for this very form, is that it gives me an excuse or a framework to talk to someone before doing the interview about what the interview might be about. Yeah. So that then they know the kind of and also I mean a lot of the time when I'm doing these interviews I'll send someone an email in advance and I'll say I want to talk to you about this this and this I think they might be interesting things to talk about hmm. and that means that they they sort of know the kind of areas I'm they go, I'm going in for and now they're now they're being aired for example you came knowing the kind of things I've talked to some other people about. Yeah the people that you're interviewing aren't necessarily going to have that back that background so you're going to need to tell them what you're going to do so that they will will feel comfortable mm. and then if they know what you're going to do then i would advise that with the kind of questions about areas that we're talking about sometimes i've found the best way to talk about those areas is just to be blunt like to just to to just ask people directly you know, I, I guess, what was it like being in a war? Or, yeah. um, you know, I understand that you had X experience. I know it might be hard for you to talk about. Um, and we can stop. And that's the other thing, you know, saying we can stop at any time. Mm. You can take a break. Those kinds of things. You know, people know, like, for example, you knew earlier on that it would be OK to ask me if you could nip, nip yeah. to Lou. People have done that a few times in, in these in these recordings. Because you you know it's it's a this is not an official situation. So yeah. we're, we're the framing of it gives people the gives people the uh, the clue. But but if you're interviewing someone, you know they might feel they can't stop or they they, they can't ask for a moment. So I think giving people permission to do these things will probably help you a lot as well. Yeah. For example, I interviewed someone I know who has a young child, and it was in the house where the child was and I made it very clear it's okay if you want to stop it's okay if you if she has to come in it's okay I, you know all of yeah. that stuff so she did feel at ease but but then this whole show is designed to make the guests feel at ease you know I'll, I'll go to their houses if they want me to or they'll come to me or we can meet somewhere in the middle having those kind of options makes people already know that they have some control over how this interview will go yeah. You don't want to have that effect, though, do you? You want to kind of consistently get the same kind of interview, or well, not the same? Actually, no, not the same information. But do you know what? Before we talked about it, I would have said that I did want to be fairly consistent. But I think to some of the stuff we've talked about today makes me wonder if if trying to go for a kind of a much more free flowing approach and just see where conversations with people take you might be. With some level of control. Yeah, I mean... It, but that, then again, you have be. some level I of do. control. I, and when I have control over the editing. I have control over how... I mean, generally, I will move the conversations onwards. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, And I'm looking at the clock and I'm working uh-huh. out. And today, I've gone horrendously over. Uh-huh. And that's my fault as an interviewer. And sometimes you do. You do, you yeah. do have those moments. And, and, and that 
one of the things I've also learned is not every interview is going to be good. Not that I think that any of the interviews that I put out aren't great, mm-hmm. but after the after the fact, you go, I should have asked this. Yeah. I should have asked that. <laughs> and that's those are the moments where you, you kick yourself. But you can't really go back. I mean, you can you can ask for a second interview. You know, mm. I've 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 occasionally done that with with this show. Mm. There've been t- people I've asked for a second interview because there's things that we didn't go through that I think would I wish I had gone through. You know, and yeah. so you you'll be in that position yourself. You'll be yeah. able to say that. But not every conversation that you have with someone is going to be as good as the last one. You know, no. and 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 you know, I I've had moments where I'm like, oh, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, and every time I think, oh, I'm getting the hang of interviewing, <laughs> the next one I do won't be, won't be as good as I as I thought it was going to be. You know, yeah. but then the other thing is with with this, and probably with even if you do it written, what you get at the end isn't necessarily what you got in the conversation. So, right. for example, mm. and this isn't how I feel, but for example, mm. if I was sat here thinking oh god this conversation isn't working Hmm. I might get home well I am at home but Hmm. I might listen back to the audio Hmm. later and go wow it really works you know even though you're in the moment you aren't necessarily experiencing it as a listener you're experiencing it as someone who's like I've got I am in the moment Hmm. but I'm looking at my notes Hmm. so I've got preconceptions about the kind of things that I thought we were going to go into which Hmm. is why this is run long because have we done that? What have we, have we kind of? Has it followed the pattern that you? Well, the, well, that the, the, the thing was, what happened was initially. So, I had things I wanted to talk to you about initially, and then as we were talking beforehand, I wrote down a few extra things, like I wrote down Cambridge after the fact. After you were here, I mm. wrote down Cambridge. I'm not even sure if I should have talked about Cambridge because <laughs> I've talked about it with other people before. I'm, I'm not regretting it, mm. and that's something about the nature of my show. A conversation is like a journey, whichever road it goes off down it's the right one you know it doesn't really it doesn't really matter because I'm not trying to get some specific information but you're going to be looking to get specific information so you're going to have to think differently about how you structure it the conversation went in different directions like I wasn't expecting you to say yoga so we talked about yoga I had the extra thing with Cambridge so I didn't time it right because I was intending to hit interviews about halfway through Uh and then if it were if it went shorter than I thought I had extra stuff to, to, to hit the last uh-huh. 15 minutes but instead we went into the conversations at 45 minutes mm. so now we're at an hour and 20 minutes which is the right amount of time if I'd have got it at, at half an hour you know you just yeah. don't know you just don't know where you're going to be taken you're not going to be I mean it depends what you choose to do again if it's a blog then you don't have to worry about time limit if it's a, a podcast you do have to have a relatively consistent form. So hopefully I'll edit this down to an hour and something, but it won't be as long as, as, as an hour and 20, you know, it'll mm. be shorter. But, you know, it might be a podcast that's half an hour, it might be a podcast that's 15 minutes, you know, what mm. what how you set it is what your audience will then come to expect. So you do need to think about things like that, you know. I mean, I think one way I might, um, one one way of doing, ha- keeping it fairly controlled, but also getting people to talk about what they're interested in and not dictating too much for fear of you missing something really important that they would have otherwise talked about. Yeah, that's, which the, tr- is that's the tricky worry. thing. Um, you know, you might 
you might be tr really interested in this one aspect of their life or something you think they've got that, or an information they piece of information you think they've got whereas there's this massive elephant in the room over here that you're not talking about yeah. but to them is a very obvious thing to, to speak about and they'd kick yourself if you found out later so maybe a good way of doing that would be to get them to or to, to ask them some very, to maybe ask them some very very open-ended questions yeah. on paper yeah weeks or Prep however work, yeah, long, a long time before the interview and then use that as a basis so it's almost like they're dictating yeah which i guess could work quite well and also just kind of again it's an extra assurance for someone who doesn't know you that you're going to stay in their comfort zone you know i came in here and i didn't know what you were going to ask me but i'd heard you do interviews before yeah. i'd heard you sort of asking people about quite difficult things and then bringing it back around to something more comfortable and ending on generally quite a positive note yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it's a massive reassurance, you kind of know. And also I know from having conversations with you in the past that I, I felt safe. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, as they you won't said, be in the, they, they won't be that in that experience. So um, it's really, yeah. that's the key. And I think that you're right, giving them questionnaires in advance and having the right kind of image for whatever you want to do. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of that is about framing. So with this show, the theme tune, the way I make the website look mm -hmm. it's very clear that it's kind of lo-fi do-it-yourself dynamic that I'm going for mm. and that it will the, the conversations will be conversations and so people either like that or they don't but they know what they're expecting yeah. um, from the way I frame it and it's the same with my my guests so when you're thinking about doing it you know you're it, it will probably help to if you're doing a blog or you're doing a podcast to set up a site in advance that they can see to have a kind of professional element to it so that they'll go oh right okay and you know That's there's a, a questionnaire actually, don't look like some kind of uh, dodgy yeah. person trying to find out all their information for some reason yeah. after you told a joke you would look down at the floor then you One of the things that you talk about as well is, is listening to how something is said. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I am in that respect a good listener. Mm. You know, the quality, the texture of the voice, and, and mm. I get it through my headphones, so yeah, I should, yeah, I should yeah, be yeah. able to, to and your pick up on it. But I, but I don't, don't know how people will respond if I start commenting on how they say things. Okay, so it depends on how you comment. Yeah, because I don't want them to become self-conscious, and I don't want them. Mm -hmm. But you're very good at it. You sort of, you even did it in our conversation. You said the way that you mm -hmm. spoke, then the mm -hmm. way that the you yeah. reacted. Yeah, you talked about the conversation with your mum. Yeah, my God, yeah. But but in a way, it was like, how could I not notice that? And I think it's the explicitness again. I think that we see in the way this is where disclosure really comes in. That you can see when somebody something else somebody's pace changes you might notice that and and it's gentle 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 yeah you, you're speaking you're speaking much more slowly now than you were and if all they do is go am i then you don't need to come up with a beautiful shiny jewel because of what you've just said no what they understand is that you are you're really with them they are getting more than efficiency they're being heard <sighs> And you know when someone is heard, they just kind of open and open and open and open. So listening for, listening for. This is the thing Dick Mullender, the, the guy, the hostage negotiator, taught me. 
So we listen to, right, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a fucking huge chapter in the book. So listening to, listening for, listening from, listening with. So we listen to the moment we're born, right? Don't touch that, Johnny, you'll hurt your hand. Okay, listen to mum, listen to mum, listen to mum, listen to mum. Then one day, mum comes back from Waitrose and is talking about the shopping, but she sounds a bit upset. We're learning to listen for, we're hearing something beyond the content and into the, the expression of it. The next one I learned was, this is when I started to interview people who I hated. <laughs> uh, listening from, where I kind of go, okay, I, I am not, I, am, I hope anyway, I'm not a sexist asshole. He is. So I'm listening from a place over here, or I'm listening from the point of view of someone who is a parent. I'm talking to somebody who's not. So noticing the difference. Yeah. And then, when I did the Muslim thing, touring the country, talking with, with Muslim communities in the world, then I had to try and listen with them. So I had to try and listen with someone who gets spat on because of the clothes they wear. And rather than pitting them from over here, yeah. you come over here and you go, fucking hell, what, what is it like with the spit coming this way? Fuck. And you can't be them, but yeah. you can look through the same window as them. And so the layer, those layers of listening are so important. So listening for, which is, you know, number two, yeah, all the subtlety, the pace, the rhythm, the, the, the notes, the type of word that someone might not have used. It's such rich territory. It's the only skill that's important, really. <laughs> Isn't yeah, it? I guess so. I guess so. I mean, it's not the I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's me. That's, that's how I go when I'm, when I'm, when I'm listening back and not 100% agreeing. But I, I think that it, it is definitely a really important part of this process and it's definitely a really important skill that I need to, to, to learn and, and, and develop. Because I, it maximises the opportunity. That's all it yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got, you're sitting there, they're giving you, 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 you're both spending your time, they're giving your attention, their energy. And you just go, what's that? There. And if they go nothing, you go, okay, great. I hope you don't mind me asking. It just sounded unusual. Absolutely. Your hair touching my skin made me forget everything I'd say something foolish we'd share you know initially I asked the people who I knew would say yes so I, I would have examples of what I would do and as it's gone on people can see what I'm doing and then they might be more, they're more likely to say yes and so it might be a similar thing of if you're deciding to interview all the people in one location you might have people you think oh they'll definitely do it and they'll be your kind of spokespeople they're the people who will bring in other people because as some people do it mm. other people will then go oh they've done it they had a good experience they can so you get good word of mouth within your your community group which is what i'm getting now within my friendship group yeah you know and so then you kind of get people like i interview i've interviewed a few people now who were initially didn't know if they wanted to do it and yeah. then they came around as it went on so so yeah there's a brick right inside my stomach as i sit here staring at the walls and i don't the, the last of yeah. the, the things that you talked about to me was pausing. Um, now, I'm very nervous about dead air because... About well, what? 
No yeah, what? Exactly, dead air. <laughs> right. Because it's it's, oh, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a it's, you know it's the radio part of my mind, yeah, yeah. and I cut out most of the pauses. Yeah. I leave the dramatic ones. Yeah, yeah. But I don't necessarily. But since you said about pauses, I mean editing, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. change much easier, and so I have been trying to leave in more pauses. Mm. Not all pauses are equal. And so I'm really trying to find the ones that are good because I know that if there's too many pauses, like with one of my friends, if I hadn't have cut out all of the pauses in between the sentences he was saying, mm-hmm. no one would have even understood what he was saying. It was mm-hmm. only in the actual editing process that mm-hmm. the information he was giving could be brought out. It's yeah. A, would you ever put a pause in? No, I don't think so. Why not? Why has your face gone? Well, that might be a disgusting thing to do. Well, no, that's actually, that's not true. I think I have done that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I think I have done that. But I wouldn't put a pause in for dramatic effect, probably. I would put it in for clarity, yeah, because uh, I want it to be... subjective. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all the editing is subjective, course, and I always of course wonder about all that. Well, I know, and, and in a way, and that's where I feel I'm, I'm, I'm the artist monkey, because... You know, do you do that thing sometimes where you put a little thing on a loop just to go around? Yeah, and, and it was a great radio lab. And suddenly yeah, you hear a little musicality in the Musicality phrase. all the time. Me, right? And sometimes when I do that, I think, if I was really talented, that's what they're going to say. Yeah, no, I know. Right? Because we are fucking around. We are making, we are making something out of these conversations. We but are. actually, we're also married to the logic in the sense. So I think Paul's and Yeah. I don't think I'm not beyond a dramatic pause now and again. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put one in personally, but I would. Um, I'm not. This also comes with working the shorter form day. I shape those conversations like fuck. Yeah. I mean, and I put music on them, and I do all that shit. I really, I go. Here it is. Here's my take of this conversation. Yeah, you do put music on. Yeah, and it's that's a, a big subject. It's a, it's a big issue, and it's not something we have time to really talk no, about. We'll do it another time. But I, I'm, yeah, I like I like I like music being on things. I'm not against it. Yeah. But I, I choose not to do it for my. Yeah. No, and and I applaud you're not doing it. <laughs> it's working for you big time. Right. Now. That's fantastic. Thank you very right? much. Did we get I'm through all your big there. things? Yeah, we did. We got cool. through all of them, so that's great. So this has been slightly time-condensed time <laughs> conversation. There's a brick right inside my summer cat. I sit here staring at the walls and I don't miss all the stupid things you Is there anything else that, you, that I haven't talked about about interviews that you'd like to know? Um... I don't think so. Like we've covered quite a lot, haven't we? And you know, partly because I'm I'm coming to it as a complete newcomer. A lot of it is just saying to people right now, you know, what do you do? How does it work? Yeah, I think that the community of artists and, and podcasters or whatever, mm. they 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 are open to people talking about these things. For example, Carl James, who I was mentioning earlier on, I'm going for a to, to meet up with him on Wednesday and talk about his. He'll, I guess he'll give me notes on the project and stuff like that. And so I guess I'll have a similar conversation to this. And I think we are, look, people making stuff generally are quite open to emails, asking them about it. So, I mean, another thing I would definitely suggest is talking to other people. I'm sure you're already doing this. But but talking to other people, finding out how they do it, listening to podcasts of people who are interviewing people, reading interviews, 
looking at the different forms and, and working out how you want to want to approach it. I think people will, will be willing to listen to, and give advice to what you, to, to you, especially because it's so. it's quite an interesting project as well. I think so. I think that can capture some people's imagination. Yeah, well, this has been a really good start. I mean, you're the first person I've spoken to in depth about it and sort of analyse different aspects and, yeah. and the pro- potential problems, potential plus points and it's been good because it's, I've got a lot to kind of go away and think about now and yeah. kind of work out, just give it a bit more shape, give it a bit more life okay. um, and then I can go, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll want to sort of talk to other people about it but then I've got something to say, well this is what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite a positive. Well, like, it's a good thing to be able to give someone a positive idea. Of yeah, that's that's good to hear. I'm glad. That, I'm glad it's been like that for you. And, and I can assure you as well. Although it seems rare for my in my life these days, I can speak off mic. And so, <laughs> if you have follow up questions or anything else that you uh, want to know, or if you do ch- choose to go down the podcasting route, I'll happily show you how to do it. Oh yeah, but, well yeah, I, I'm a total beginner with that. So I mean, it's much easier than you think. But you know, it's easier if somebody tells you how to do it. And yeah. people have told me how to do it, so I'm happy to sh- to share that, pay that forward, as they oh, say. Thank you. This episode refers to a few getting better acquainted conversations that might be worth you listening to. Two of them have already aired. One is a conversation that I had with Sam. The other is a conversation that I had with Clive. They're very different conversations, but they demonstrate some of the things that we're talking about in this episode. The other conversations that are referred to haven't yet aired, so look out for them in the future. One is with my older sister, Jo, which I'm sure will brush up into a pretty good episode, despite all of the issues that we talk about in this episode. And the other one is the third conversation that I had with my mum. That's mentioned as well in the conversation that me and Carl had that was a full Getting Better Acquainted episode. That's, it's the third episode with my mum, so it's not hasn't come out yet. It will be coming out in the future. It's definitely one to listen out for. It was a very important event in my life, that conversation. I'm going to stick some notes up for this episode, linking to some of the programmes and things that I talk about in it. I also put some notes up for the episode that I did with Carl a few weeks ago. If you're interested in conversations, if you're interested in making podcasts, if you're interested in this kind of art form, check out those notes. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted, have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.